who want to share? I think Jacqueline and Kyle has something, right? And I will be at the end. So want to share? Do, do you want me to go first or Kyle, do you want to go first and share what you have this week? Uh, you can go first, Jacqueline. Sure. sure. I am going to be talking about the PlayStation VR 2, which currently has quite a few. Oh, you have, hey Dom, you have disabled participant screen sharing. So I can just send you that link if you want to throw it up there. You can share it again. Yeah. yeah you want ahead. to try now? Let's try. There we go. Sharing. <clears throat> so my opinion on the PlayStation VR 2 is not necessarily controversial. However, I did get some grief when I was sharing my opinion on a variety of social outlets and people were saying that I was being extreme as well as irrational. And to that, I say, thank you for sharing your opinion. I'm going to continue to share my opinion. <laughs> so I will be very fair in how I talk about it, uh, the upsides as well as the downsides. Uh, as far as the upsides go, comparing the PSVR to PlayStation VR 2 to the original one, the device is really well specced. It's incredibly easy to set up and for all intents and purposes, it's light and it's relatively comfortable for short-term play. Um, you'll have a 110 degree field of view as compared to 110. So when you're looking out, you really have a more immersive experience because of that additional width you have a 4K OLED screen working at 120 hertz. Um, so the screen and the pixel count itself is about four times the uh, count of the original. The bit, One of the bigger updates is that it has that same inside out sensing that most of the other bigger headsets have. So you don't have a mounted camera, uh, an external mounted camera or any emitters. <clears throat> so that means fewer cables, fewer trip hazards. There are improved cables. And another big one that is really awesome is that you have better ha face haptics and overall better haptics. So uh, an example for why this feels really cool and very exciting is that if you bump into a wall or let's say you're playing a shooter game and a bullet grazes past your face, you feel that. So they have really incorporated this these haptics into... Um, something that makes it a very immersive and fun experience. And the the last really big update is it has eye tracking. If you're following that, that's a, a big one. Um, so it, that allows for really cool in-game features like blinking and gazing are now possible as game mechanics. And another, <clears throat> another big one is that it allows for what's called foveated rendering. So if you're looking straight ahead, what you're looking at is fully rendered out. And then the the um, areas outside of your focal gaze are blurred. So it, it looks a little bit more realistic. But we will now get into the gameplay issues. And there are many, unfortunately. So what, there was a, a quote that I really liked that said, um, 
the the technology is still facing issues that have prevented it from becoming mainstream. And that includes a lack of compelling content, as well as an artificial feeling environment with some distracting image fidelity. And so to, to break out distracting image fidelity, you have a couple of different key metrics that, that people will refer to. So shimmering, chromatic aberrations, smearing, aliasing, vignetting, and eye fatigue. Um, and a, a, a very quick overview, we can talk about what those actually mean later if anybody wants to actually break that up, but it's basically glitches. So either the, the headset can't keep up because the movement is too fast or the way that the light is entering into the headset, it causes these visual abnormalities. Um, if uh, images are too complex, it causes, or or too, too either too complicated or too detailed, um, just based on the way that the lenses themselves work, it will create darker spots. And so the as the technology continues to advance, there's still these same issues that have been present since the beginning, and they're still here. Um, one, one thing of note, and this is with anything related to the VR industry, is that it there's a lot of complaints of eye fatigue. So although as you're looking, when you're looking into the headset, things appear at different distances based on, you know, I've got a flower way out in the distance and I have maybe my handgun close up. The, the actuality is that it's a fixed focal distance. So your eye is constantly working to maintain a set, a set distance. And um, so that, that is something that I don't know how they're going to fix because the screen is just very, very close to your eyes. But as, as time goes on, I'm sure that there will be some sort of a uh, fix as the headset devices change. But that's something that no matter what, no matter, that's not a, a PlayStation issue. That's a, an industry issue overall. Um, some additional complaints and some additional issues is that the for most people, the the hardware is viewed as bulky or bulbous um it's still despite it being lighter than it had been it's still pretty uncomfortable to wear for long periods of time it is expensive so the you have to buy the uh, the base playstation which is 500 and then the the vr package add-on is an additional 550 so i mean it's a it's a big commitment for new users who aren't already in the vr space to say okay yeah i'm going to spend 550 dollars to have the some of these issues that we've already discussed which is the these visual abnormalities discomfort um and then aside from all of that there's some specific complaints about the the release of the tech itself. So Sony is aware and they have been telling people they are aware of, of some of issues relating to buttons not working. So that's kind of a bummer that there's there's hardware issues that they are aware of and you're spending over a thousand dollars for known hardware issues. Um, and then <clears throat> pulling back a little bit and, and looking at it from a metaverse perspective, PlayStation has always been a single player for the most part is a single player unit. And so as you're, you're bringing in a single player game into the idea of the V of the VR space, which 
is in some ways synonymous with the metaverse space, those two things those two things aren't really going together. Most of, almost all of the content that was released is for single player play experiences. And so the idea of, of having that virtual reality experience is, is cool. But when you think of VR, you think of congregating, you think of, you know, meeting people in that metaverse space. So they, they kind of forked and went off to the left and, and aren't really making any attempts to get into that metaverse space right now. And there's, there's a lot of reasons, speculative reasons for why that may be, but we don't have to go into them because they haven't released anything officially. Um, but some of the questions that I have seen come up and they're super valid is, you, you know, why, why are we spending 550 extra dollars when there are not that many titles released specifically for VR that are new. Um, most the, the big game that came out was this Horizon Call of Mountain, which does absolutely make good use of all of the new technology that the, the device has to offer. But it is still a spinoff. So there was an original one. Um, and all of the other content is just ups- um, is re-rendered and and upscaled as opposed to actual new games. Um, and then if they're not also going to make it available, there's no way to, to take your device and jump into the metaverse. So you're really left with just a couple of games. Um, and so for my opinion is, as well as a number of other people's opinions is that the technology is amazing and it, for what it is, it's best in class. And so for, for people who are already in the space or for enthusiasts, yes, absolutely try it. You're going to love it. But for people who aren't already interested in VR, it's, it's just too expensive without enough without enough solid, yes, we're going to continue to make content. Yes, we're going to continue to make new games. You know, here's 20 or 30 options for you right off the bat that you're going to love. It just doesn't make sense to spend that 550 extra dollars to have the a mediocre VR experience. So with that, I will open it back up and we can chat about other people's opinions on the VR too. They just came out with it, I think. Do you have one? I have not. I've tried one, but I, I don't personally have one. I I like to try tech, but I, especially gaming tech, it's a slippery slope <laughs> where if I allow myself, I will be sitting with the console for two months, <laughs> gearing myself up and, and leveling up. So I do not let myself buy them. <laughs> I think they've done something interesting in that. Uh, the processor is not really in the headset, of course, because this is all focused on the PlayStation. And so um, the processor is in the PlayStation itself. So that helps them reduce their costs. Uh, but um, they're using Fresnel, object, Fresnel Optics as in the uh, Quest 2. And so you're going to have some quality degradation due to that. Um, and people have mentioned the screen door effect where you see the spaces between the pixels which is counting a lot of displays. Um, you know, in some ways, maybe it's sort of cool if you could play it instead on a 3D TV, although you can't buy 3D TVs anymore. Uh, so anyways, I, I think it's sort of an interesting development. 
go ahead if anyone else has something to say about it. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's a good leap with the PlayStation because I tested the PSVR, the first one, and it's, the specs are, you know, it's impressive. But uh, the only thing is the price point, I feel, uh, you mentioned, Jacqueline, that's a problem. But um, hopefully with the issues and stuff, they can sort it out in the near future with the upgrades or, you know, support and stuff. Yeah. So that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Jacqueline, I think, I don't know. I think um, when you share your screen, if you can see the text, maybe it's TechCrunch. They kind of um, purposely make the text is hard to read on screen. I don't know. Or it's just. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's kind of like their technology kind of trying not to, for people to share. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be mindful of that. Maybe they don't want them to read either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. So it's when I see it, it feels like from the Middle East, <laughs> like the text from, you know, some, some, yeah. somewhere. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to a, know. Yeah, it's a bummer. But when I when before it came out i was hopeful that it this launch would ignite some momentum for the vr space and i'm by no means dogging the vr space you know we are where we are and it is where it is with technology but it's it just feels like a this this didn't know it's not hurting it but it's not helping give people reasons to be like, oh yeah, I really want to get into VR. Oh, I really want to make some VR projects. It's like, uh, we're still just where we are. And there's a bunch of new flashy AI <laughs> projects that I want to work on instead. And that's a, that's a bummer because we still need people to be very excited about the VR space and, you know, making content for it. We have to get people to make content for it or else PlayStation and others are going to continue to run into these same issues of there's not there's not great content that people want to play. I, I wonder if, uh, Dom, maybe you can chime in on this. If you wanted to develop something just on sort of a trial basis for the PlayStation VR, I don't know if you have to become like a registered Sony developer or something like that. I think you might be because if you want to push any um, app, on any store, you have to be the, you have to create an account, right? But what if you just wanted to develop it for your own learning experience? You, you can do that with the, with the Quest. I, I don't know if you can do it with the- I think, I, I think there are a lot of platforms you can, you, you can develop and put on their experimental lab or, you know, developer mode. I believe they have, because- how can I make sure that when I push without even testing it and push it and uh, there's no bug, right? So there yeah. must be some place that people can just upload and try running on the platform. So that's for sure. There's a probably a free spot that you can, you know, upload and try it, right? So I would say that, yeah, just like Jacqueline, you, you mentioned that AI, uh, you want to learn AI and uh, for VR, it feels like a, a kind of a peaceful moment that nobody is trying to push. You see like before uh, Facebook is trying to go towards that direction and right now everything switched to AI. But mm -hmm. I would say it's all part of the future technology and everything will merge together. Yeah. And then for next session, I will show you 
like how to use AI to assist you coding. So those two will merge together, right? Before we are afraid, the reason why people are not diving to content creation just because there are so many hurdles such as 3D creation. It takes 10 years to master 3D, takes 10 years, another 10 years to master coding. But imagine 3D generation and also image generation, content generation, and also code generation. It reduces you and make you instant from novelty to experts, right? And more and more people will dive into metaverse or um, VR, AR game creation just because a lot of people, they have ideas, but they couldn't, you know, they don't have time to work on it or learn all the technology. But right now, as long as you have an idea, you can make something real quick and without a super, you know, long time to learn it. So I think those two are connected together and it's just people's time, right? Right now, VR, why? Because um, we find out there's a limitation with people's knowledge, right? So every creator, so for example, like every game, right? Like a Red, Red Dead Redemption, their production fee is around five, uh, $560 million, right? Just that that game, right? So it it depends on, you see, story writer, right? Uh, designer, uh, developer, 3D modeler, animator, right? Lighting, setting, uh, game level, right? All, all those people and it's a, Super huge team, but with the help of AI, right? Right now, people are so focused on uh, creating AI, but because before we know that all the skills, it takes a long time to learn. But now if we switch to AI and make all the, for example, like every uh, expertise takes 10 years. And now with the AI help, it only, you know, you only need to go back to the foundation, like Elon Musk said that. If you find out something so complicated, you couldn't finish it or you don't understand, go back to the origin, right? So I think as long as we spend one year and learn all the foundations and uh, with the AI help, we will be able to reduce all the cost and reduce the time and still create a high quality game and the content creation will be much easier. Yeah, that's my thoughts. Oh. Hey, Kyle, did Kyle have something? Let me stop by sharing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I can share my screen. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it has to do with VR. Oh, apologize for the camera. My camera's like giving a bit of an issue. Um, but let me just share my screen. And then uh, I'll just um, show you. Uh, so I, I found this one. Just tell me when you can see my screen. Uh, we're not seeing no. the ship. Okay, one second. No? No. Nothing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. That should be working, yeah. We're getting the message here. Let's see if it materializes. Oh, there we go. Great. We got you. Cool. Okay, so basically, this is like class VR. It's like, uh, you know, teaching children in a classroom with a VR headset. So, you know, your teacher lesson plans and everything, it's all in the VR headset. It helps teachers and um, students, for example, uh, let's say, for example, like biology, you can see the heart here. So inside that VR headset, we'll have a picture of the heart and all the labels and stuff. 
which I think is really uh, good. And class PR is like from all around the world. Um, you, you can even do your exam. Uh, there's lesson plans for teachers. Uh, there's whole whole uh, lots of things going on. Uh, this is still in the implementation phase. Uh, uh, it's going to take like three to five years. Most of the private schools and colleges are implementing uh, these uh, things. It's going to take a while because the only downfall yet is to have a class of 30, you need like 30 uh, VR headsets. So uh, I think the cost factor, I think, you know, if they get a good budget or someone can sponsor, you know, those headsets and stuff. But yeah, it's great for teachers with the lesson plans. And, you know, this helps students with the visual, uh, uh, they, they get a good visual insight uh, creativity mindset with the VR headset um, can be depending on this headset can be a bit uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but it's still working on like you can see the design and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but uh, this is quite good uh, VR uh, in in the school. Um, I really like this one, um, and also lesson plans for teachers. So when they're doing like English, you know the English, uh, the language and comprehension. They create that lesson plan using a VR headset and stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's, I'm just gonna keep it short for today. Uh, yeah, that's my take. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can give your opinion on that, yeah. Uh. Dominique, do you have something to say about that? Oh, I think it's very good. It's just, for me, it seems like they have their own headset, right? And I don't know, it's just for me. I think if every time when we need to have another system implement, we need to buy a new headset, why not we just have one that integrate, for example, like your iPhone, right? Uh, for example, if I want to have another school or something and I need to buy a new phone, it just strikes me like, wow, that's extra um, materials that I had to buy. But uh if, for example, if they can partner with, I don't know, Quest or some, or in the future, Meta or, or Apple or some other device, I think that might be, I don't know, they, they can focus on creating software, but I, I think that's great, right? It's yeah, at it's least, they, the they have, I'm really, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, cool. but it's good. Yeah. Jim, do you have anything? Yeah. Uh, we're short on time today, so I'm going to try to be really quick. Yeah, uh, that's fine. So Once... Like for me, I will be the at the end and it just depends on time. So I can be short and long. I have a lot to show, but uh, I can reduce it. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's get out of that. Okay, it's picking the wrong window here. Let me see if I can get into the right window. Here we go. Um, the, the James Webb Space Telescope is discovering enormous distance gal distant galaxies that should not exist. And so um, it's they're peering back to the beginning of the universe and they're finding galaxies and black holes and so forth that are too big to have existed at that time. And uh, the world of physics is tying itself into knots right now 
trying to come up with explanations of why that's happening. And um, I think there's one possible explanation, and that is, what if some of these things existed before the Big Bang? You know, if it took too long to become created after the Big Bang, what if they existed before the Big Bang? And um, I think we we humans try to look look at things in sort of a myopic way lots of times. And, um, you know, we think that we first thought that the Earth was the center of the universe, that um, then the sun was the center of the universe, you know, our solar system was the center of the universe. Our galaxy is the center of the universe. There's only one big bang out there. What if there were other big bangs, but they just don't happen very often, and they're too distant, too distant away for us to see the results? The light hasn't gotten here yet, or it's just too dim for us to see. So, uh, so anyways, I think there's uh, a lot of interesting things going on with that right now. Another big issue is. We don't know what something like 90% of the universe is. It's made out of dark matter and we don't know what it is. So um, I think that's very interesting. Okay. Let's see if I can do other stuff. You know, what I'm going to ask you to do, Dom, is go ahead and do your thing. And I'm going to try to get um, the screen sharing to behave a little bit better here on my end. I've got too many windows open right now. So why don't you take over? Let me stop sharing right now. I really like I really like your topic, and I we can talk forever for that topic. This morning I just read uh, something that related to uh, like Mars. Actually, we were all the Earth people were from Mars. Uh, Mars before you had a civilization, and they uh, there are like through NASA's uh, picture we can see there are a lot of giant pyramid and uh, before um, the Martian was taller and uh, they were sleeping inside the pyramid when someone used you know uh, some I don't know some 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 ways uh, to yes yeah but 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 I, I mean that the types of topic I, I really believe that we we like whatever we know right now probably just a little piece of sesame inside yeah it's just like this world is entire pie and we just know a little bit so i totally believe that uh you know uh, big bang maybe there are tons of big bangs like a multiverse right and different universe they have different physics applied and it's just in different dimension and different laws of their physics and uh, there's another theory and our brain probably is too to not so smart to understand all those. <laughs> and yeah, so, okay. So let's go back to uh, what I find this week. This week is that um, on the news called mix, mixnews.com. Uh, the title is called Apple's Mixed Reality Headset could feature very expensive displays. So Apple pretty much delayed their launch. And then if you see that, it seems like they are going to have the really high-end stuff. What I'm worried about or what I'm excited about is pros and cons. Because if you keep delaying and people kind of expecting more, right? And you are so scared of launch, even try the first time, right? 
And what if it's not successful, right? It just feels like, um, yeah, a, a lot of time research implement. But you know, we all know that Apple is the best company to produce the hardware device. So we will see. So they use expensive tech. It's called OLED for their uh, VR um, display. So compare with uh, Jacqueline's um, PlayStation, uh, they have like a VR headset. And I, what I think is that Sony definitely has uh, advantages because they have a lot of AAA games. Um, but they are, I, I would say the hardware is probably not their focus, but Apple is really focused on their display because I would say that you see even 4K. 4K, the reason why we have like a HD 4K is because we have a limited, uh, you know, little space. But if it is scattered to the 360, 4K actually is a pretty low resolution as well, but it's much better than HD, right? So uh, you see like a, a lot of like good specs such as, uh, yeah, so, so, so we can see that um, uh, L, uh, OLD, it could be uh, more than twice as many pixels per eyes. So, and uh, I, I would say if the hardware is very expensive, then I expect that uh, the device might be more than 500, it might be, probably more expensive than current uh, our phone or you know a, a laptop is probably it's a beautiful tech kind of jewelry right for people who afford to buy and create something but it's a really good uh, you know it, it, yeah Apple's first generation of AR device will be extremely expensive just because they use a lot of really good uh, micro displays. Yeah, that's the first one. And second one is robots could do 39% of domestic chores within 10 years, AI experts say. Um, but it's not all good news. I mean, it's always good and bad. So in short, this talks about uh, AI may be able to automate about 39% of domestic work within 10 years. For example, like some, some chores, right? For example, like a looking after people, children, or pets, right? It's more difficult to do, but it has possibility to do it. Uh, but such as cleaning, you see Zumba, right? Cleaning, dishwasher, cooking. Yeah, I saw a lot of like uh, cook robots start creating a lot of food and make it streamlined and doing laundry, right? I saw a lot of laundries and they have automations uh, of delivering or folding. Uh, the clothes for you, right? So it's probably around 28% of the care work and 44% of the housework, which means women will get more free time, right? Is that good? Or, I mean, I personally think that a long time ago, our traditional mindset is that woman, you know, housewife, right? So if all women are set to free, right? Free from all the housework, I personally think it's, Good, uh, good news for a woman because who likes to wash dishes, right? Who likes to, to do the laundry? All those boring stuff was, you know, released from a woman. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see more creators, right? More, more, more um, innovative uh, put in this world. Another news really quick. 
um, AI-centered image armed, protected by copyright law, according to the U.S. Copyright Office. It's a very interesting news, and it was written uh, by Matt Novak on Forbes. Okay, so this one is that uh, there is a very popular uh, book called um, Zaya of the Dog, right? And the text was written by uh, Miss Kashtonova, but uh, Christina, yeah, Christina by Christina Kate. And then um, the text part by, was by this woman and then it's passed by copyright office. However, the image part, she generated use me journey of all the uh, image part. And the image part was not passed by the copyright office. The reason why is because they think, oh, it's generated by me journey. And it's not generated by a big mastermind behind it. It's an AI. But I, I don't know, I personally think that um, yeah, it's debating, um, uh, and uh, I even did dive, uh, dive into the, the later that copyright office write to uh, this uh, person, and then it says that, oh, we want to tell you that uh, the, the work original, uh, uh, kind of like it says that uh, the, the copy part is yours, but uh, the AI part is not being copyrighted, because they think there's no mastermind behind the images, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I'm open for discussion for all those interesting uh, perspective, yeah. Well, I've seen before that the complaint is that a human didn't generate it uh, by themselves, that this machine generated it. Plus mm -hmm. the source images may have been copyrighted by someone else. Uh, so, uh, there may be a, it's possible that there's a copyright violation. I think this is going to end up in the courts and um, they're going to have to, you know, decide this through case law or Congress is going to have to pass a law. I don't know how well-versed Congress is in this stuff, whether they're, they really know what they're doing when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah, they but do not. I was actually just on a panel um, a couple of days ago. It was an AI legislation panel. And we were talking about the legislation that was going on in the government and where where they were in the world of things. And uh, the one of the his name is Glenn Parham, and he is working right now in trying to figure out what that looks like among many other people. But he was saying that not only does the government not necessarily know how to intervene in something like this because they don't have access to the models. They don't have access to that data that they are, especially for a, a private company, they don't have right now legislation over it, but they also can't even figure out how they're going to adopt the technology because there's so many security issues and so many different departments that um, are trying to work together to figure to figure this out, but there's too much red tape and there's too much, um, well, the best way to describe it is that you have these giant models, but the group A may have the right to look at this information, but group B, C, and D don't. And so how do you create that? How, how does legislation move forward when you can't even make a decision on 
who has the right to see what information. So it's a, it's a very, it's a very stag, it's like stagnated and stalemated right now, which is really frustrating. And the, to that, there's not been any good, um, there's not been any good clear paths forward on how to originally or how to initially copyright information to then say, okay, and, and going back to Jim's point, the information that or the the images that the um, AI scraped, do they get compensated? Or you know how how does it that we point back to them to then begin this process of saying, okay. A, B, and C images were used to create this. So A, B, and C artists are also credited in this, you know, final copyright image and, and how that process looks and how do you go back and, um, and copyright all of the existing images and then how do you, as well as how do you initiate something and move forward. One of the things that came up was maybe images from this point forward get, um, run through an NFT process. And so they, if the AI ran across, as it was scraping images, as it ran across an image that was tied to an NFT, then it wouldn't use that or it, it would know to credit it. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a crazy ecosystem right now that's very frustrating. And the the we're seeing more and more AI technology coming out because there's no legislation that's stopping these things from happening. And the, as more and more comes out, it becomes harder and harder for the government or any of us to keep up with, um, with how to move forward. So it's, it's this weird chicken and egg thing that's happening. Well, this is nothing new. I mean, every time a new technology, a new disruptive technology comes out, the government is not prepared for it. The legal system is not prepared for it. And if I can, I've got an, an article in that vein. Uh, would it be okay if I screen shared that? Okay. So hopefully I've got my windows in order this time. Um, yes. Okay. This is a Scientific American article, but it's uh, appeared in. Uh, the Association of Computer Computing Machinery uh, publications as well. Who is liable when AI kills? And uh, so let's say you buy some car of some sort of brand. And it's got some sort of self-driving mechanism in it. And um, <clears throat> the car gets in an accident. And let's say the fault is the self-driving mechanism and somebody gets killed. Who gets sued? Who's liable for that? Is it the driver? Is it the uh, company that developed the technology? Is it the uh, company that sold the technology? Uh, so these are all things they're trying to figure out right now. This is another one of these issues where the government is not really ready for this. And um, <clears throat> they're setting up certifications for the self-driving vehicles. So, you know, they're working on it. Um, but these authors uh, here, um, uh, George Maliha, uh, Ravi Park are trying to come out, have, have tried to propose a framework uh, that would allow things to move forward, uh, that would allow new technologies like this to be developed without tying up the developers in a bunch of legal litigation. 
And so maybe there is a framework that you can come up with that allows things to proceed. So that's the, the crux of this article. Um, they say that uh, federal authorities such as the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration could offset excess liability for developers and users. Uh, for example, federal regulations and legislation have replaced certain forms of liability for medical devices. You know, this is another big area. When you're using artificial intelligence in medicine, you know, what's the liability there if it makes a mistake? Um, so regulators ought to proactively focus on standard processes for AI development. In doing so, they could deem some AIs too risky to introduce to the market without testing, retesting, or val validation. So you need to do validation on this stuff. And I think we need to put those kinds of frameworks in place. So um, anyways, that's, that's my article. I think we're doing pretty good time-wise. And Dom, I would like to talk to you after we stop recording for just a second. Be, be, before so, the next yeah, cool. So yeah, that's, thank you so much. And I will stop recording.